Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by the MLB.com shop. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking Atlanta Braves with MLB.com's Braves beat reporter, Mark Bowman. Mark, the Braves continue to tinker and do a few things around the edges of the roster. Um, the most recent thing since we talked is, is finalizing a deal with Johnny Gomes. Uh, how does he fit in with, with what the Braves are trying to accomplish? So, you know, first of all, you know, it, it all comes down to what the guy can offer you on the field. And they see Johnny Gomes is a guy who will spend some, uh, let, let's say he'll spend, you know, a majority of his time in left field, but he'll get most of his at-bats, uh, Against left-handed pitchers, uh, he's, a, he's a guy that also can come off the bench uh, in late games if they do use a platoon situation there, which is maybe it's not a strict platoon all the time. Uh, but I think uh, we'll be seeing that used most of the time with uh, Zoilo Almonte uh, getting a lot of the at bats against right-handed pitchers. Uh, that provides Jones a chance, like I said, to come off the bench as a pinch hitter. Uh, Against some of the some of the left-handers he'd seen in the late, later innings, um, at the same time they went after Johnny Jones just to add in another strong presence to the clubhouse that was uh, relatively uh, it lacked leadership last year. Um, and, and you know you can say in the 14 years I've covered this team, I'd say it was that that the one clubhouse that lacked light. And, and you can take two steps back to well. That's because they were losing, and, and most of the other teams have covered the big winners, and, and there's some validity to that. Uh, but I, I do think that they, they needed somebody to step up once they lost Tim Hudson, a, a strong personality. In essence, they lost Chris Medlin last year, another strong personality when he was injured because, you know, he wasn't providing that same presence in the clubhouse. And, you know, for, for so many years, the Braves uh, have had strong personalities from the days of, Maddox Clavin Smoltz to, to Chipper carrying on that torch. Um, they bring in a Johnny Gomes and AJ Prozinski. Uh, they're two guys that can, you know, provide some leadership in that clubhouse and maybe show some of these young guys that are that are going to be the future of this club. You know, the way the way to approach a game. You mentioned Prozinski, which leads into one of the other things I wanted to talk about. Um, the Braves have been amassing catchers at an amazing rate. And I realize to some extent that's a position that every organization just needs. You need catchers. But um, they've acquired some guys who are, you know, even borderline major league catchers. Um, 
And given that they have a guy that they're awfully high on that seems to be the regular, and they got another guy who's been a regular in Krasinski, um, what's going? Is, is it any, anything beyond just deepening a position where where you always want depth to this this uh, amassing of catchers? Yeah, you know they they really were weak uh, from an organizational standpoint in terms of depth. Um, you know, in the at the catcher's position. So there were, some of these moves had to do with uh, were influenced by that uh, reality. But let's take a look at Bethencourt. Bethencourt is the catcher of the future. The plan is for him to to be their everyday catcher this year, or their, or be their primary catcher this year. Um, you know, but but what if something goes wrong in spring training? What if something, you know, they take a step back and say uh, whether he gets injured, or they say, you know what, maybe he does need a little bit more time in the at the minor league level, or let's, let's even take it a step further. Why don't we just bring these guys into camp so he doesn't get comfortable and, and think this spot's his? Because, you know, we've talked in the past, effort level is is where that has been a complaint about um, Stephen Gordon in the past. We saw it late last year. Uh, he, he didn't uh, maybe look like he was providing uh, sufficient effort behind the plate, uh, blocking balls, getting to some balls in the dirt, that kind of stuff. Um so, you know, Bethencourt is a guy for the future. He, he's a guy they're relying on, but at the same time, they, they've got a little bit of a safety net here with John Buck. Um, Jesus Flores, they brought him in as well. Um, you know, there's a chance that both those guys start the season in Cornette. I don't – probably not. It Probably one of them, my guess, would be Flores. Uh, you know, if, if there is not a need for him near the end of camp, um, you know, they'll either, you know, try to deal him to another club or um, – you know, in some way, try to try to move him. I, I don't really see him uh, sticking around the organization if, he, if he's going to Gwinnett. Um, with John Buck, they, they have not ruled out the possibility of carrying three catchers to begin the year. They they did it last year. Uh, they kind of they, they, with um, it, 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 they, their thinking is that hey, look, this this allows for uh, some more pinch hit opportunities. Now with Ryan Domit last year being a left-handed hitter. They, they, there probably were in really not being much of a catcher at all. Uh, it was more of a uh, just a theory and or a, it was an approach and principle to say, hey, look, we, we have three catchers on the roster here with John Buck. You do have a guy who has some pop that maybe maybe you do keep carry him um, just to have a, another big bat off your bench or a guy who, who could uh, provide some power in the last, later innings. Um, and then the other thing is this, you know, if if one of these guys get hurt, uh, you bring in John Buck here with this minor league deal. Um, you know, if if at least you have that that uh, if if something goes wrong, he's there to step in and uh, and provide some of bats for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever needs to happen. Um, so, and then if you take another step further, a lot of the fans I know we're talking last week when they traded David Hale, who you know he really he was a long shot to win the fifth spot in the rotation. Uh, and the Braves have really viewed him as a long reliever. Uh, they dealt him and Gus Schlosser, a guy who had been non-tendered and then come back, came back and uh, signed a minor league deal. They went ahead and traded it them to the Rockies for two catchers. Um, Bersino, the, the, the is really intriguing. He's a young kid that has played. He played four years of rookie ball, came up to the A-ball level last year, showed a little bit of power. Um Eddie Perez saw him in the Venezuelan Winter League this year when he was managing down there and really liked his his bat. You know, time will tell whether he will be a catcher, but you know they saw this as an opportunity to get a kid 
has a little bit of power potential. You haven't really seen it in the numbers yet. I think it's, it's uh, the most home runs he's hit in the season is 12 or so. So you haven't really seen it, but he's, he's got a little bit of bat behind him. The, the catching numbers are pretty good at the lower levels, uh, but uh, I'll, I'll take uh, the work. I'll take uh, the uh, evaluation of a guy who caught as long as Eddie Perez. He said, you know, we'll see if he can catch the big league level. So if he can't, maybe that's another position he goes to. This was just uh, this was an opportunity to to deal from. Uh, an area surplus with the pitchers that they sent to Colorado and, and then uh, try to strengthen their organizational depth at the catching position. And then uh, one other move this club has made since the last time we talked, they finally, also a move that seemed to be in the works for a long time, they finally uh, got a deal done with Deion Toscano. Um, he seems like kind of an interesting guy, kind of a, maybe not a power guy, but an interesting player. What do they think they have in him? You know, right now, I think they they they're confident they have at least a a guy who can be a fourth outfielder at the big league level. Um, he is relatively unknown. You know, he did not play a lot, or did not play at all on the international uh, or internationally for Cuba. Uh, he tried to leave the country a, a few times, and he got in trouble and was never able to to be seen by scouts. And when he uh, made his way to the Dominican Republic last year, some scouts started. Uh, get some, you know, get, get word about who he was. And Gordon Blakely, who uh, the Braves brought into their organization, very, very good on the international front. He, uh, he arranged a workout for him the same time that uh, Freddie Gonzalez and uh, Kevin Seitz were, were down there to look at Yasmani Thomas, who ended up signing with the Diamondbacks. They, they looked at Toscano at the same time. And, you know, look, it, it, Thomas and Toscano are not the same kind of player. So, you know, Thomas has a chance to. To be an impact player in the D-backs organization, Toscano could be, you know, at least a fourth outfielder at the big league level, a guy who could play both corner positions. It doesn't seem like he'd probably be much of a fit in the center field. Uh, he's a good contact guy. I, that's what he projects to be, the, a contact bat, a guy who's had some decent on-base percentages during his uh, days down there in Cuba. Um, so, he, you know, he, he might just be a good piece. Uh, he's, he's probably never going to be a difference maker. But uh, it was a, you know, they didn't spend a whole lot of money on him, and they they've said they're going to be aggressive in that international market. Uh, you know, this is a, a further indication that they're following through with, with that plan. All right. Well, Mark Bowman, thanks for taking some time to chat here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks everybody for listening. Visit the official online shop of Major League Baseball at MLB.com slash shop for the largest selection of authentic caps, T-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get your gear straight from the source. The MLB.com shop.